0: Most businesses today face two major marketing challenges. One, people are overloaded by information. We're talking about over 5 billion pieces of new content every day. And two, people have much shorter attention spans and spend only about eight seconds on anything before they jump on to the next thing. It's no wonder that companies are struggling to get their message heard. The result of poor marketing communication is that 70% of all venture-backed companies are failing according to CV Insights. Hi, I'm Shlomi Ron, co-founder at the Visual Storytelling Institute based here in San Miami, Florida. We help marketers like you rise above the communication noise with personalized visual storytelling programs so you can connect better with your audience, empower their lives, and grow faster your company. Welcome to the Visual Storytelling Today Show, This show is your number one source for the latest and most effective visual storytelling strategies you can apply to your business today. From new business storytelling techniques, latest trends in video and infographics, to augmented and virtual reality, join us every month to meet notable visual storytellers and discover their marketing insights and stories. My name is Shlomi Ron. I'm a co-founder at the Visual Storytelling Institute based here in, in Miami, Florida. And we help business leaders articulate, visualize, and distribute their business stories so they can connect better with the audiences and grow faster in their companies. So with that, I know that a lot of you are struggling with the Challenge of connecting better with audiences. So for this episode, I started, I decided to uh, invite a, a guest that it's outside of the traditional a marketing space that I typically uh, interview, and I have uh, the great pleasure to uh, invite Smin Kotob. Uh, she's the owner of Mina Mediterranean, uh, one of the great success uh, stories uh, in Miami's uh, cuisine landscape. So, with that, uh, welcome to the show, Esmeen.
1: Thank you. Hi, how
0: are you? Great. Wonderful. So, what we normally do is uh, maybe if you can, uh, since, uh, you know, as I mentioned at the top, uh, typically I interview uh, folks with uh, more marketing backgrounds, uh, maybe you can give us, uh, you know, your backstory, what inspired you to become a... A chef or a restaurant owner and uh, what's your backstory uh,
1: well the backstory is that the, the restaurant is inspired by uh, family family recipes they're specifically my mother's recipes um, my parents owned a restaurant that they opened after I'd already me and my sister both graduated university so we were out of the house it wasn't something we necessarily grew up around but we did grow up around food being very kind of important part of uh, our culture traditions so um, you know so that that's sort of why we chose i chose this sort of cuisine uh and the business side of it i i guess after working for others for you know the first part of my career after university um i worked in the music business for uh, about 15 years and then decided i wanted to work for myself uh, and i i really i just didn't have any other ideas as to what <laughs> Do so um nice. the fact that my parents had uh, um, a restaurant that they had running and i would i helped them sort of um renovate the space and open up uh i wasn't you know i went in and out i would kind of help them so they go on vacation uh, i didn't necessarily have a background in restaurants either but i had access to the recipes i had access to advice from them so it was um it was sort of the, the idea i had and I, and I wasn't afraid to take on a space and turn it into a restaurant so, um, yeah. So that's sort of that, got me into the restaurant business. When
0: we when we talked, uh, uh, I know that uh, you mentioned earlier that you have a background in journalism, right? In-
1: um, I have a degree in journalism. I wouldn't call it oh. a background. I mean, I, oh. I graduated from University of Texas with um, with a bachelor in journalism, specializing in PR. Um, and a minor in business, but I, I, I wouldn't, I would say that. And since graduating, my particular story is that I have never had to present that degree to anyone, or have mm-hmm. I used um, I the, see. you know, it's not, it's not been a vocational degree. I mean, I think that basically, right. I, I completed a degree, and which made me happy. And, and then, then, then <laughs> you
0: move to the bu- music business. You right, which a, you said you told me you ran, you ran a. a a road shows a, for major a, a artists right musicians yes
1: yeah yeah so I was a tour I mean I, I started as a lighting technician and then I became a tour accountant um, yes and I toured with a lot of different um, both solo artists and uh, bands uh, and uh, sort of dealt with the financial aspect of their touring business um, throughout the world I see. Uh, and so it was a lot of movement and it was a lot of I mean it was fun I really I enjoyed it I miss it sometimes. Uh, uh, there's some things I don't miss and some things I miss a lot so but you know I thought I sort of ran into a time where I felt that it had sort of run its course uh, and I got the best out of it that I could get and and I felt like it was time for a transition and so you know so the restaurant was um, it sort of felt like something I could get into without a lot of history or knowledge of the business um, other than being a a consumer of it I, I mean living on the road I was constantly living in hotels and, and eating all my meals out. So right. I, I was always, um, you know, I, I really was a, a, a nonstop consumer of restaurants. And I was always, an op- I, I think, operationally, and maybe because my parents, once I started touring had a restaurant, I sort of paid attention to them when I would be there. I mean, I didn't, you know, of course, sometimes if you're in a business meeting, you're very focused on what you're talking about. But otherwise, I would like to go out to eat. I enjoyed nice restaurants and I... And I usually paid attention to what, um, you know, to what was going on in my surroundings when I was at a restaurant. And I would normally, I mean, I just sort of, I think I always did take it in, like, what, mm-hmm. why is this one working? Like, it's so busy and, and others that don't. I sort of always kind of paid attention to those details.
0: Do, do you remember any, uh, the, this magical moment where, you know, really you kind of uh, realize, yes, that's what I want to do. And... After maybe looking for a job in, in other fields, uh, maybe what was kind of your.
1: Um, I didn't really. I mean, once, uh, you know, the decision was I decided, um, you know, the music business is uh, an interesting one. I would say that I, I think of probably just a, a, a bad experience in it that just opened my eyes to uh, it being time to make a shift. I mean, I think like many people, the change is sort of, I think had everything always been so great, I, I probably would never have, but I think um, a couple of incidents opened my eyes to the fact that I, I mean, I could have continued, I, I was doing quite well, I mean, I was definitely young for what I was achieving, but I felt like I, I it might have run its course for me and my personality, I see. and um, and I I thought that I'm the sort of person that um, when I do something or work on something it truly um, takes all my attention and and all my mind space to figure out how to optimally make it work financially to make it make something the most money and so after kind of seeing that I was doing that for other people and always thinking about how to make them more money out of what they were working on uh, it was maybe time to do it for myself somehow uh, while I still had kind of youth and energy and and my my you know Lack of a what better word, but like hunger, drive, you know. So right. I, thought, um, no, it was probably time to, to, to make a transition uh, into thinking about ways to work for myself and putting how I worked, which was in, a little quite intensely and and constantly uh, towards making my own future and retirement uh, better instead of other people, and so.
0: That was your your first venture uh, that you are uh, starting a new business on your own, or or you have other past experiences?
1: Oh, no. No, I've always. I mean, I worked for, I mean, I really,
0: you know, other than
1: working, you know, throughout university, I, you know, I I did a little bit of bartending and waiting tables. But then I, as soon as I got into the music business, which was as a stagehand, as an intern as well for a promoter, a local promoter in Austin, Texas. I, I knew I wanted to be in the music business and I specifically enjoyed the live music aspect so um, mm-hmm. and the touring shows so I, I always that you know from age 18 um, on that's what I did so I just I, I worked I was freelance and that I worked for different bands or different promoters um, uh, who would buy tours and I so I mean I, I wouldn't say I didn't really work for, I was freelance but I did work for people um, I see. and that was really all. That's um, that's all I did, and when I just sort of, when I had the epiphany or you know the, the realization, I just stopped. I stopped. Um, I stopped accepting tours, and while I I got a real estate license to look for the space, I took I took uh, some time to help my sister start up her own company. Um, and then after that was up and running, um, I sort of you know kind of so went back. It sounds back to like
0: you're a family of entrepreneurs.
1: I guess <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, I don't know if it's awesome. good or bad, but it, it, it is what it is. So, so yeah. So then that was it. So this is my first venture, um,
0: mm-hmm. and you know. Well, that's, that's awesome. I mean, that's now. fantastic. So it sounds like you know you had some bad experience uh, in the previous uh, job. And you were looking to find. Uh, you saw it as a signal for you to kind of look for the next uh, opportunity for you. And most likely, you looked around things you like to do. And obviously, since you had this experience with the uh, working, uh, uh, helping your uh, your family with the restaurant, I guess uh, that, that definitely helped uh, kind of uh, pave uh, the decision. So, can you? Uh, Describe like the the first days of uh, how it all kind of came together.
1: Oh well, the restaurant. Were... Well, I guess it started with the space. Uh, the space I found an old abandoned warehouse, which uh, in mm-hmm. itself was. And a... why,
0: why, why Miami? By the way, how did you end up in Miami? Oh,
1: I, I I fell in love with it on tour. Um, oh, I see. Maybe like ten years before. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really we had a few days off here on one tour and and we were in South Beach and it was like 2003. So it wasn't super busy or touristy. It was certainly changing. It wasn't what it was maybe 10 years prior, but it was on that transition. Um, But it felt like uh, it was very, the beach was beautiful and I love the beach. but it was a major city which i'd never really spent much time in miami i spent more time in london or, or new york at that time new york city because you grew and, up in um, texas right yeah i grew up in texas and i spent more time um while touring and working in the music business in new york or, or los angeles so then came miami and i just i liked i appreciated it's um it felt like a little bit of an island meets a major city um you know you have an island mentality which I felt was kind of cool because it slows people down. Yet yeah, you had the amenities of a major city um, and the airport and the, you know, like and the movement. And I assumed, you know, the culture, and, you know, because I, you would hear different languages all over the place besides Spanish, obviously. But I guess because I was in South Beach, the tourists and people were coming yeah. all over yeah, the world. So I appreciated that without the, the cold weather. Yeah. Um, I didn't like cold weather. So I appreciated that. Mm. Um, I felt Los Angeles was, you know, I've always liked it, but i, I don't know. I—I always—I didn't—I wasn't drawn to live there. I had moments where I thought I was going to live there, but um, hmm. yeah. So I, I had bought a condo here while I was on tour and decided that when I sort of retired one day, tired yeah. of the music or whatever, this was where I would want to come to. Hmm. Um, so I, and then the city is 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 still young, and it was then too. I, I felt like unlike five years thing, ago, right. Yeah, six now, six from mm-hmm. when I bought the space. Um, It felt like uh, the kind of place where there's a lot still lacking, uh, mm-hmm. which meant that there was opportunity for people. It was, relative to other major cities, inexpensive. Um, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't cheap. I mean, things weren't certainly not cheap, but for, um, you know, I mean, coming from Texas, it was expensive. but spending time in Los Angeles and New York, it was not expensive. So, you know, again, so relative to those cities it was, um, it seemed like there was more opportunity. Um, There was a lot left to be done. Um, I think that it gets a lot of attention because it's the beautiful beaches. Um, But I, I thought that there was still, you know, it was, some Other than hotels, hospitalities, I really didn't know much about its financial or, mm-hmm. you know, I knew there was a port. I knew there was a big business, right. financial district, but I didn't know much about Miami. I've learned a lot more, obviously, once I made my, um, you know, built the restaurant has spent the last six years here. But, um, but it, it just felt like there was room. There was room for people that didn't have a lot of money to come and do something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's a, been, a, you know, I've learned since. It's definitely a tricky market. Right. Uh, but that was you know the draw was the beaches i think we're all sort of seduced to this city Absolutely. based on the we're surrounded with the beautiful water the weather um those of us who come from warmer climate cultures can yeah. maybe identify with it as an as a you know as just a terrain to be on in a place that you know i mean being from egypt originally i it has it's familiar to me uh but within the us because i wouldn't want to live in egypt anymore i mean I, I didn't grow up there so i don't I don't have enough yeah, yeah, familiar yeah. with how to navigate like i like i am in the u.s growing up here right. so so i guess it just sort of made sense to me
0: right and and, and you picked uh, north miami which is a kind of a very interesting urban area uh, in miami to uh, for the restaurant and uh, you know i've visited your restaurant uh, many times and definitely you know i can see that you invested a lot in the the complete uh, revamp of the space of the old warehouse you know it's definitely has a feeling of a kind of an upscale bistro (laughs) so I was kind of wondering any since we are a a show about visual storytelling and visuals is really important any visual uh, cues that you uh, took to heart uh, in particular uh, as you were kind of uh, designing the space?
1: Uh, well, I, well, the, the space, it just, it turned out to be a really cool building that I didn't realize. Um, it, what I liked about it, well, it was A, affordable, which mm-hmm. is really why I came to North Miami. I mean, the dream and the, you know, the sort of, the dream is to be on the beach, right? Like, that's what drew me here. I wanted to, I really would have loved to open a restaurant right. on the beach, near the beach, yeah. near the ocean, live right there, you know, like be a few blocks away. You have these thoughts of going, to the beach on if you have a break or a little hour here or there but it was too expensive so I had to look elsewhere which is what led me to this part of Miami. I truly you know I told you I got the real estate license so I could look for the space and um, I found this building and what I loved about it is how well it was freestanding which meant I could build a garden and I think being from Texas it had a huge parking lot which Mm -hmm. I appreciated Um, because everybody owns a car and I think that it made me feel like okay that will give me enough like a chance like as if it's convenient for people they were at least try it yeah uh, it's not in any kind of there's no foot traffic there's no natural or organic um, any kind of traffic in the sense of people yeah, you have to it.
0: actually pick your place in particular right. and know about yeah, it's it it's
1: a destination yeah, yeah. Um, but visually when i was designing it um, mm-hmm. what I discovered when we started to peel the layers of neglect off which this place had been abandoned for decades nothing mm-hmm. had been done to it um, and boarded up we found these really beautiful old warehouse windows which made it made me have to shift my kitchen from being in the back which is where the windows are to the front which is street side um, so that that sort of uh, had something to do with the design but also the thing I would say is lighting um, mm-hmm. Uh, at night too. I, I I've never been one to understand a super bright restaurant. I don't like bright spaces. Maybe that's just me. But I mean, maybe too. I you know I worked as a lighting technician, so I worked with lighting designers for these shows, and maybe that I have a little bit of background in that. So sort of designing a space where the lighting was important, which um, I don't think a lot of people really put as much importance into that. Just like you don't know, setting that up. Um, a place that's comfortable so that it's not, um, it doesn't feel too fancy, you know, like the white linen, so it's accessible to people. Um, and and then it's large, so you can have gatherings without feeling like you're taking over the space or you're intruding on everything else in the restaurant. Um, I, I, I guess those are sort of the things that I would think about because I, traveling around uh, on tour, I mean, these were A-list artists, so we would be invited or we would go to the nice places you know we would, on my time I would, would normally be in the middle of town so we were surrounded by some of the better restaurants and cafes and cities um, we would sometimes go out to eat in groups of 15 20 people um, so I again I took all those sort of experiences in and always sort of I think in design I I knew what I liked as a consumer and what I appreciated when I went out to eat and, and I think the setting and the lighting and um, you know, of course, the food. I mean, those are obvious things, right? You have to have Absolutely. good food, good service. I mean, those are, those are it, I mean, everybody. It's, has inter- to...
0: it's interesting that you mentioned the lighting because I actually noticed it in a big way, especially uh, the the big window that just behind you, uh, during you know the afternoon sun when sun uh, starts set. That window is is pretty much turned into an artwork in terms of. Uh, <laughs> the yeah,
1: actually, there's <laughs> some shadow know, the, things,
0: the, the shadows, shadows that die. kind of <laughs> and patterns that you kind of make it unreal. So I'm kind of in, yeah interested to know if that was inton- intentional or. The well, the
1: way the windows actually, the windows behind me aren't the big windows that we have, which are warehouse. I mean, I can show you. Um, you're gonna get a lot of like blinding. with me. you see, those are the kind of warehouse yeah, yeah. windows. Um, uh, those actually face north. So we never get a sunset, which was actually, I I mean, this was really well designed. It was built in the 50s. So uh, for the first eight months, we didn't have any air conditioning here. We left those windows open. So we left them open and it never got hot in here. And partially because the windows are on the south and the north side, not east and west. So there's never any direct sunlight coming into the building. Um, Those shadows and stuff outside just happened to be from me planting a perimeter of trees along the uh, west side okay. so when the sun sets on the west side it's those trees yeah, uh-huh. like they hit the wall um I yeah i mean you know those are like fun discoveries you know as you do things i would say i definitely was not oh,
0: It was um, an accidental surprise I, yeah, yeah,
1: I wasn't i'm not designer enough to think of that but um <laughs> but yeah I that see. was uh, That's cool yeah but that was just a cool addition yeah no i mean lighting because you know we're predominantly open at night mm. so the lighting was more about the evening time uh, i know that some, for sometimes you know now that everybody has a flashlight on their phone you mm. see a lot of people get their flashlights to read the menu, which I'm sure is a little bit annoying. But then, I mean, if you think about it, once you look at the menu, you make your order. That's five ten minutes of your evening, and the rest is wow. two three hours uh, of sure. sitting there. And I feel that softer light. Um, it's just, and I think that's one of the reasons we tend to have longer time. People when they come, they sit for a long time. For a long time. Um, we and we you don't get a lot of long. in and out. Yeah, and I think that I think mm. that's the comfort. You know, the seats. I would say we pa- we actually padded the seats more. They were not hardwood not like you know I, I just I guess things like that you know that mm-hmm. small details that I kind of again as a constant consumer paid attention to and tried to input well, You know I don't, cause I don't have any kind of background in designer
0: no that's or, fantastic I mean she right. basically wore the the customer hat in previous experiences and basically try to apply it to, to your business That's great and when we talked earlier we also said that uh, you didn't invest much in advertising to no, get word out and but you got a uh, success uh, just the same so can, can you think of you know what might be uh, the reasons uh, what are the things that you've done that you think
1: well I think that um you know like I was telling you I, I first I didn't advertise because I I didn't know what to expect and I didn't I honestly, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. I actually didn't want a lot of people at the beginning if we mm. weren't ready for it. So at first I thought, let's just see what happens because we have to More work organic work flow basically. We're going to have to work out our kinks. So if we like try and make this a big deal and get hundreds of people in the door, but then we fall on our faces because we haven't worked out our kinks and it won't be good. So I sort of just wanted to open the doors quietly, mm. um, through just, I mean, you know, I would say I, I own a home in the neighborhood I'm on the, you know, I was on the association. I would tell people around the other business owners that were near this because during construction, which was like year long because of zoning, I had a lot of issues with the city. Um, But uh, so in that time I, you know, I was always here and I, I was going to the places around here and talking to business owners and people would come around and be curious about what we were doing here. So I think just by being, in the very surrounding neighborhood i'm not a big networker uh, I, I mean i'm not i didn't have business cards i didn't go around i didn't talk about it but i just got to know the people around um mm-hmm. and so when we opened i had a small friends and family night uh just to invite people to so test our systems out you know it was like a free of charge type of thing just come and um and that gave us our our first boost kind um, of
0: pilots mm-hmm. right
1: and then we opened and i was quite frankly pleasantly surprised by the turnout. It was just enough. It was a little bit hairy at times for us. It was a little busier than we anticipated. But um, uh, I I guess I was quite happy with how we were starting. And what I found was, you know, and this is what I was telling you, I think that as an owner, and this is for the restaurant business, I think people appreciate sort of meeting and knowing the face behind it. I think in a world now that's um, set up for people... Set, you know, like there's so many chains um, and so many um, corporations sort of opening up. Most establishments people frequent. Um, I think so when something so opens up by a single person, you know, or a small, small like, uh, you know, I guess mom and pop is this sort of the word that people come up with. I, I, I don't go there because this isn't like a mother and father, right? But yeah, sure. you know, so I think like when people hear when something is um, individually owned and that individual is there, and they speak to that individual and see them and get to know them a little bit you know it's like going to um, their home almost yes right? and that and that's the feeling you know and, th- and this is it's truly my mother's recipes right so you are wow. coming to you're eating the same food that when we had dinner parties as a kid with family and friends this is that same food so wow. it really is like coming to my home um and, and so i think that that um that was sort of what kept the business going and growing mm-hmm. um, because people who came I at that time you know my mother was actually here helping me for those first nine months so she was in the kitchen a lot, um, all the time so it helped me not have to be in the kitchen because I had faith that there was quality control back there so uh, let's call it, you know she, she's the chef right so right. I had a chef who, who doesn't really get any better you can trust them they want you to succeed because they're your parents <laughs> so yeah, I was very absolutely. lucky you know so so she's back there making sure everything is consistent and good. And also a, a fellow perfectionist, you know, so um, I could go in the front and get to know the people who were coming mm-hmm. in. Yep. Um, and so I think that that led to that. I think that what that does is first they were all neighborhood people because mm-hmm. we didn't, we weren't trying to reach out to tourists or other parts of Miami. So they were from this area. And so then they were excited that something was opening in a part of town that isn't considered sexy, still mm-hmm. not really considered sexy. Um, and and yet they actually had this there's disposable income in this area but nowhere to go so i think they appreciated that somebody put a little effort into the build out of the restaurant the design the food the you know like a little bit higher quality than maybe there was a there wasn't much of that around here yeah
0: i think that that particular cuisine is a little bit unusual for miami i mean mostly you see cuban and i mean there's a variety south american but uh, yeah, so Middle yeah. Eastern or Mediterranean—it's really kind of the here and there,
1: right? And that goes back to this city having having that like, there was still there's still room for growth and room for people to come and do things. Um, yeah, so I think that they just people just wanted to see it succeed, and I think by getting to know the owner a little bit and seeing it and seeing the genuine sort of um, desire to make people happy and to to make something work, um, then. Because they enjoyed their experience. On top of that, they then wanted to bring their friends, or have their child's birthday, or a post-baptism did lunch, right. or you know, like so. So right away, um, my regular customers within the first few months and years came, and then they'd have their, they'd encourage their friends to come and have meals here or have get-togethers here. Uh, local community organizations started to, you know, like it was like a give and take. We would donate right. stuff, and they would start to have functions here. Um, but I think that 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 being that involved as an individual owner um and and them hearing the story of how this restaurant was built where you know like when you go talk to them and they ask of course because the building's unusual about like or unusual for the area i should say we're not well, in chicago or new york or or yeah. london so when they would have questions about the building and how they've never seen this noticed this building before and and you know how did i come here and my, you know hearing my mother was in the kitchen and So I think them hearing the story of it was just as exciting as the food they were eating uh, or just as interesting or just as, you know, something that was...
0: That's fascinating. That's fascinating. And that's a a fantastic, uh, you know, description because uh, for our audience that are interested in visual storytelling, you know, we typically say that... uh, You know, sometimes you are going to be more intrigued to a product or a service uh, once you know the story behind it. And I think your story kind of uh, proves several elements here. One is that, uh, you know, the importance of human connection, because you invested a lot in uh, getting to know your uh, customers. Uh, And two, uh, obviously the quality of the food is, is a given, as you said, but What helped you as well is that you picked a niche that it's not uh, that uh, popular in in Miami. So automatically you get differentiation in the marketplace. Uh, It's something different that uh, most people haven't tried yet. And I think that combination that they get to know you uh, as a human being and know your story uh, Enjoying food, it's unusual for uh, the region. I think it's definitely, uh, I see what happened in terms of uh, the word of mouth, how people heard and kind of spread the word about the restaurant and make it a success. So I guess that's a lesson for any business leader that is, is looking to start, definitely pick a niche that is uh, not uh, heavily occupied uh, and two is that, you know, really spend on ways of how you can humanize their relationship with the audience. Uh, because the more they know you on a very uh, human level, you know, the good and the bad, uh, that's, that's where uh, the connection or the empathy will be created with the audience. And they're going to appreciate uh, the experience more. And once the you got them, obviously they are be, going to become a, an evangelist on your behalf for right. their friends. So that's great.
1: Yeah.
0: Any particular great lesson from a from a failure along the way?
1: Um, I mean, you know, it's it's a funny, funny thing because I, I don't know. I, I you know I don't really know what that there is a, a failure because we're still here so I don't know but you know like like I guess if I were to think of failure like we try mm-hmm. if we tried to say launch a happy hour and make it popular mm-hmm. I would say sometimes I don't know if it's because I would blame it on the location. This is a very residential area, right. so I would say oh it's not going to do well for happy hour because there's no businesses so people don't leave and want to go. Um, so I I guess I sort of I stopped trying in that sense right Hmm. so i mean maybe that's good or bad i don't know i'm not a not like a i'm a hard worker but i'm not like a hustler i don't i'm not somebody who will push something something and i just want to see them because i'm insistent that it works now i sort of see what will work what's already naturally working and see how you grow that as opposed to finding Mm -hmm. all the different ways to make it work so that it grows so so much right because of course you know, that's mm. the people want happy hour, for example, because it's the quiet time. Because ten right. people to go out to eat after seven thirty eight, so that's why they try and lure people in between five and seven because they have to be there because they're, they're they're open then. Um, it's, it would be weird to open a restaurant at seven thirty or eight. That's just too late um, because you have some people that want to come in earlier. You have your staff there, so people just want to fill start filling the room faster. But so I guess I, I sort of when I see something doesn't work, I kind of keep it moving and see and, and sort of focus on what does work. So as far as failure in this industry.
0: Is it a dish maybe or something that you tried?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I, I again I track that too in, in the sense that um, it, it disappoints people. But sometimes when something doesn't sell well, because, you, you know, it needs to be fresh so you don't right. want to keep throwing it out you take it off the menu, which then, you know, again, I have a lot of regular customers, so you have, you're have you going to disappoint a couple of people who did like it, but they're not enough to continue making it. Especially, we have a large menu because we have, you know, the we didn't want to just make it Middle Eastern, so we covered the region, and then we have the pastas and the pizzas just to represent yeah. Italy. We have a few French dishes, we have a few, you know, so it's a large menu, so when you start to see what doesn't work or what's redundant, you know, you in five years, I've streamlined it slightly. I, I haven't, we haven't changed much. Um, mm. Um, but, you know, you sort of see things just to, again, to make, to optimize the operation to make sure that it, it flows because logistics. it's, yeah. you know, so I would say that, you know, it's uh, and restaurant employees are harder work than I imagine. So it's um, just in the I sense guess. that they, they come and go. Um, yeah. I was coming, I came from a world of professionals, professionals, not necessarily because they have degrees and wear suits, but professionals in that they took their, their careers very seriously. Their reputations were immensely important, or they wouldn't get another tour, right? So everybody was freelance yeah. in the sense that you get a tour. It may last six months, nine months, a year, two months, but if you're not good, and if you have, if people have anything negative to say about you, people don't want to take you on because you essentially live and work together. So right, everybody right. really took their job seriously, did the best they could, um, and and usually excelled to get to that degree. So it's, it's I would say, and I'm still struggling with the the shock of the different sort of um, Styles mentality of- that people have in, in this sort of work. I mean, you know, and it is what it is. You're working with people that, um, you know, like this isn't a career. It sort of feels like it, for most people, this is a transition stage, um, you know, like the kitchen yeah. folks are probably the only ones that this is like their job and they'll, they'll be here for years. And they have been most of them. The front of house, changes so you're constantly having to train people over and over uh which i would say as a not patient person which i'm not um <laughs> I, I guess i i'm finding that to be one of the more challenging aspects right. of, of this industry but you know i you know that i not, maybe didn't think through or didn't think was going to be a big deal and, and maybe overall it isn't but i would say that's one of the most frustrating things so i i you know it's hard to i don't think failure because i think like i said i I, I don't I don't have lesson such a strong in, yeah I think I don't have such a strong intention towards something that like if it doesn't happen I feel like I failed I, I sort of feel like if something didn't work out it mm-hmm. wasn't supposed to so I'm meant to just find another thing or if I don't like it um, but yeah the lesson learned that I'm, I'm still learning and still trying to figure out how I navigate my own personality was definitely employees I've never had them before yeah. I, had, I had peers and co-workers and a team that I was a part of um, even, you know, even when you're at the higher end of that team, or whatever, you're still all working together. Um, having yeah, it's employees, a is, is a different situation. Um, and, and having, you know, the kind of employees who can, you know, who can go get another job at a restaurant down the street if they leave here, mm-hmm. um, you know, because we don't, restaurant folks don't check references, they don't, yeah. you know, they're, again, they're that whole like reputation and your work, you know, your work speaking for itself, it doesn't apply here so that was a bit of a it's a, it's like it's something different to deal with um, which i'm still navigating so this 5 years in i'm still trying to wrap my head around it um, so you know i think that's probably the no, absolutely. challenge yeah, for sure.
0: me yeah yeah no for sure i mean this is definitely something that uh, it's a it's a challenge for any restaurant business and um, but speaking about uh, on the positive side, any any moment or time when you remember where you exceeded uh, your customer expectations with something that uh, really blew them away? And it could be, you know, a small things that you've done, but it had such a, an a immense
1: impact. Um, I don't, you know, I don't, I mean, we're always striving to do, you know, this is the hospitality business. People sort of... Mm-hmm. You know, this is, a, this is like a world where people kind of walk in the door highly entitled to a perfect experience. And if Quiet. you slight, if they're slighted on any, in any way, whether it's anybody's fault or not, or, you know, wh- whoever's, it, it's sort of, it can go horribly wrong no matter how many good things are, are yeah. great. The one bad thing, take over so it's Absolutely. a it's a tough world you know like so you're you know you're sort of always having to try it
0: one lifeline in yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah so you're constantly <laughs> trying to go above and beyond i think the most feedback i mean i don't know because when people compliment me i'm not i don't take them in very well i sort of brush them off fast so i you know i don't i think the fact that we have so many people continue re, continually return um and tell people about us is sort of mm. maybe my sort of maybe that's what tells me that they they are feeling like they're getting good service and good food and it is a little bit above and beyond uh, and then the events i would say you know we've had several weddings here now um oh. and and those people you know you see them again coming back i've seen people get married then get pregnant have kids and have the baptism here and, and this is just in five years you're already sort of seeing the evolution of of your local neighbors lives oh, um, and they feel and they feel very connected to the space because they got married here or had a date here and then they came back later and got married here or got married um, in life but one of their first dates was here you know and they became regulars and then now you know their kids and. Um, so I would say, like that's probably one of the more gratifying um, aspects of it of being like a neighborhood restaurant, not not a big fancy, say, Southeast tourist restaurant, but um, you know, some somewhere in a neighborhood where people live and stay and are here year round for decades and have you know have actually grown up in this city or moved here and settled in this part of town. Um, so I think that I think that when people sort of have a good experience and then and then want to hold like such a large memory filled event here Mm -hmm. like that um a large birthday whether it's their 50th or 60th or 40th or whatever and they have a lot of friends and family um you know of course we always want to make sure those events go really perfectly for them and and make it so that they just they don't have no regrets about making this choice and Mm -hmm. most of the time they're complimentary about their experience and you know which is the only thing i would ever accept right so um You know, so it's a tough one because, I mean, the only expectation I have of of myself and and our team is that that just has to go perfectly. Like, we we don't say, no, this is a customer-driven business. And um, even when we have reasons to have our own policies in place because you just have to have them to make sense in a world like everybody needs a little bit of black and white, usually they don't apply to the customer if a customer insists on something different um nice. because you just have to when you know Absolutely. again that, that comes with the entitlement walking in because if it's not you i'm if it's not like i'm fpl right uh, you know sure. i don't like I, fpl can can have horrible customer service right. well if i want light i only have fpl to choose from so yeah, you know yeah. whereas with a restaurant i mean if you don't if i don't if i'm not perfect for you or if i don't do everything exactly like you want you'll never come back and you've got a thousand choices you know within Absolutely. 15 minute driving distance which makes it that you know you you oh, the, the only thing that you you have no choice but to go above and beyond in my opinion right you have to do that that's the only way you'll last um in this business you know if, i agree i agree you give anybody the sense that they're not important or what they want doesn't matter because you have others it, I can't imagine that it would even survive. I'll, I'll serve people food if they come in 15 minutes after we close. Um, whatever I can serve. If we've turned everything off, I'll offer a salad or dips and a pita or something. But I won't say we don't have anything. Um, because that's just, I don't know. I mean, and that maybe comes from my father specifically, mm. um, who has that sort of hospitable gene. And that comes from him. You know, like that's definitely, you know, and my mother too. She always wants everyone to be happy. But he is very... You know, like watching him and his restaurant. Like the customers are so important, um, and he has very similar operation. They, they have a parents have a very similar operation, like, like, like that. You know, where it's very neighborhood friendly community. They've been there twenty years. Um, oh, they're wow. very celebrated in their neighborhood. Um, that's awesome. So, yeah. So I mean, I think that comes from that. You know, like so uh, and that, and that's probably why I chose this. You know, I mean, I had that guidance. I had that sort of mentorship where I mm-hmm. saw how how they are, they thrive. And a lot of it is, you know, he has the same thing. He's there all the time, you know, yep. talking to all the customers, making them all feel like they're at home and they're welcome and they're the most important people in the world, and, you know, in that moment that he's with them.
0: So that's, that's fantastic. So if you need to kind of, uh, you know, wrap up uh, our conversation with uh, your top three tips for, you know, any business leader who would like to connect better with their audience, or customer what would you say
1: I mean you have to meet them you know I mean like you know it it doesn't matter how many employees you have you know it's important to know them to know who's out there Uh, I I say that sometimes now I don't do it as often because I've been in you know and I think I told you this when we spoke, since my mother left, I, I spend more time in the kitchen because the food is very important. It's very, it's kind of difficult to maintain. That's the brain, that's
0: where it's yeah. all coming from. <laughs> so
1: I'm not out there as much, but I think that the time I invested, say the first year, year and a half of doing that, um, is what helped. Uh, but I think that meeting people goes such a long way, no matter how much staff you have or manage. Because I don't have a manager, so that's part of the Um we, I think getting to know your customers truly like meeting them finding out their needs hearing the feedback of what they like and what they mm-hmm. don't like about the right. space um, or about the, the, the um, service is, is really important um, I, I mean I think that you know there's social media I'm not very good at it we don't have mm-hmm. you know I think we're like 2,500 followers so I yeah. see links that open Last month, and they have 10,000 already. I don't know what they're doing because I don't come from that world. You know, you heard right. how, I, how we open, but yeah. I think we stay engaged still. Mm-hmm. Um, we, because, you know, we do do a newsletter not very frequently, once a, mm-hmm. really when there's something major to announce, you know, to remind people, sure, um, Mother's Day or, or, you know, Easter, or, um, you know, if we have live music to tell people who's playing. So I think people do need to kind of sort of. Get a little reminders that you exist even when they know you so I think that that maybe helped a little mm-hmm. but yeah I mean I, I truly think that you know and I don't know I, it's hard to speak for other businesses but I think mm-hmm. that when people have time you know it, it, they get a little face time with the with the the end-all be-all to it right the owner um, yeah. and they and they kind of they get they get to be heard or they're seen and they speak to them, and there's a little dialogue or some something about what they what they're experiencing with your service. I think that that goes a long way for their loyalty. Um, Absolutely,
0: yeah, no, so, I you know, and I, and I
1: just don't think that will ever change. You know, I mean, we're definitely like dehumanizing a lot of things with with technology mm-hmm. and yeah. with corporate growth. Um, you know, that is sort of making lots of things faceless, like enjoyable. You can go, I mean, I, I don't only eat at restaurants with single individual owners. I I probably do that more than, than others, but you know, we're even getting to a point where single individual owners are opening up four or five restaurants, right. Which which then separates them again. Right. Uh, You know, It's not like their first one that they opened where they were there all the time. So I think that we're in a world where, um, that's just what, uh, we're, everybody's getting used to it but I think that people you know we're still human and we still appreciate that aspect of things.
0: Um, yeah, this is great and I think uh, you, know, you know what you said about getting to know your customer is is absolutely uh, on point and you definitely prove that you know in the way you t- address your customers And and the second thing is really you know the human connection you know how can you Create uh, opportunities to connect with your customer that uh, are going beyond just uh, you know uh, indirect communication, uh, face to face in person, uh, and provide uh, like a, a stage for uh, for your customer to kind of express themselves about uh, how they feel about your service, and and that's how you can elevate uh, the relationship. Uh, Obviously, it's a, a one-on-one uh, kind of uh, uh, interaction, but uh, on top of it, I think the third thing you said is that definitely make sure to uh, continue remind your audience uh, remotely uh, about uh, your latest and greatest uh, stuff you're working on, and that's uh, uh, definitely something uh, that you don't want to uh, disregard as well. Right. Well, this is great. So thank you so much. Uh, this has been thank a fantastic uh, conversation. I really enjoyed it. Uh, you have a uh, really an amazing journey that, uh, with fantastic uh, story ending. Uh, hopefully more to come. Right. And if uh, our viewers and uh, listeners uh, would like to contact you, if they have any questions, uh, how can they contact you?
1: Um, they can reach me at either info at minasmiami.com or my first name is my Yasmim, Y-A-S-M-I-M-E, at minasmiami, all one word, M-I-N-A-S, miami.com. Um, that's the fastest way. Call the restaurant, leave a message. That's the other way. <laughs> Wonderful. I, I'm pretty much almost always here. And if I'm not, then the message will make its way to me. So, um, Fantastic. I'm you know, pretty easy to find.
0: <laughs> Wonderful. All right. Thank you so much. All right. And have a wonderful day, and we'll see everybody next time. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much, Tommy. Okay. good day.
0: Bye. Visual Storytelling Today is recorded in Miami, Florida. The show is published exclusively by Visual Storytelling Institute. Learn more at visualstorytell.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on the iTunes store. Until next time, don't let your big story wait to be told.